Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic, host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this Thirsty Thursday, the last day of August 2023. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. then we've got the whole mix for you we got some wild stories from golden bachelor we've got some non-bachelor news in the entertainment world we got it all let's get it started shall we start with boy i mean how do i even work my way through the content that's going on out there should we start with jason tartik we love a good life update you know we really didn't get too much from him in his personal life when he was in a relationship but now that he's not in a relationship he's sharing his whereabouts here's a life update from jason tartik have a listen just a little life update i am uh it'll be an interesting few weeks uh, I have a house that I rented in Nashville, but I can't get into it till mid-September. So I'm just like, next 14 or 15 days, I'm just like free-falling. Just like free-flowing, free-falling. And it's for a guy that's so regimented. It's like, I don't know, it'll be interesting. But I'm in Denver for a couple of days, go back to Nashville, stay with my buddy who I was in his wedding. And I'll get to see the dogs, uh, take him to the park and stuff, go to New York for about a week and a half. And then I'll I'll have a place in which the dogs can stay for an extended period of time. So they'll be with me for about two weeks or so in September. So that'll be good. But yeah, just a little update. It's uh, it's interesting. It's going to be a interesting ups, downs, lefts, and rights next chapter. You know, it's so fascinating because I see this and I I hear him nearly breaking down as he shares these updates, which which are heartbreaking. I think it's smart for him business-wise to grow a deeper and tighter connection with his audience. I've got no like uh, no beef at all with what he's doing, sharing his truth. It just sounds like it sucks. Now you could say, well, he's got a lot of money, his career's doing well and all these things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But boy, do we look forward to Jason triumphing over this tragedy. And speaking about tragedy, this is a tragic story I'm about to share with you. Um, We have a contestant from The Golden Bachelor. Now, this is a 15-minute long video I've got up on the YouTube. I can't possibly go through the whole thing here. But one of the contestants on The Golden Bachelor, her name's April. She's 65 years young, from Port St. Lucie, Florida, a therapist. And she wrote a memoir called Big Girls Do Cry. My love affair with Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley was one of the biggest sensations in the world before the Beatles. He uh, had hits like "Big Girls Don't Cry." See, see what she did there? She called the "Big Girls Do Cry," and it's a fascinating and tragic story. Eight years ago, in the New York Post, she uh, had an article uh, that uh, was titled "Frankie Valley Took Me at 16 and Used Me in Decades-Long Affair." Now, in this article, which was written eight years ago they don't use words like grooming and they don't even use the r word words we don't want to use here because trigger warning is a delicate conversation to have but she was introduced to frankie valley by her mom when she was just six years old and they would go to concerts and get backstage and then when she turned 16 the you know she says here that the mom kind of, I mean, you hate to use the word pimped her out, but that's what it feels like. What she didn't realize at the time was she was the Ohio 
groupie for Frankie Valli. She saw him through different decades and finally wrote this book recently and then tried to get him to sign it, which is a whole different conversation. So this whole story about this golden bachelor contestant uh and it's one of which i feel okay sharing because she wrote a dang book about it she got press on it and she talks about a decades-long affair but as we are saying here when he's 39 years old and she's 16 i think there's a different name for it i'm not here to judge how she feels about it all but it's just a real bizarre story i read the entire story for you on the youtube i can't possibly get through it today but she includes photos from when she was 12 and eight years old and she you know seeing him when she was uh older uh and they clearly had a weird relationship he was married at times and he would talk and run around his hotel room talking about his marriage while he was you know seeing her now was she the ohio groupie and did he have one in every city state or, or yeah i mean who knows but the four seasons uh just a mega and of course this is before my time so i don't know much about it but she wrote, this was awful. The most embarrassing thing, she said. She was a teenager girl on the road with one of the most famous men in the world, and she was confused. Sex with a celebrity? What's the protocol? He would summon her to get on a bus or a plane. He'd pay, always coach, to meet him in cities such as Akron, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, and Holiday Inns, or sometimes Hilton's. She never questioned why he didn't fly her to San Francisco or Chicago or New York City. He was so glamorous to me. I think I could have met up with him at McDonald's. He he was uneducated and unsophisticated, but she adored everything about him. The full memoir, I'm assuming, is still available to be purchased. The article, you can read it if you go to New York Post or you can just listen to me discuss it on YouTube. But a real just tragic, tragic story. We're going to lighten the mood a little bit and keep it on ba uh, Golden Bachelor. And coming up next, we've got Natalie Joy and Nick Vial talking about the Golden Bachelor. We're going to share that for you after a quick word from our sponsor. Here is Nick Vial and his pregnant fiance, Natalie Joy, discussing her mom potentially going on Golden Bachelor. Have a listen. And they say Patty is none other than Matt James's mother. So do you think <gasps> other women will know who she is like will they have watched matt season will she be coming in like at a different level like is she just here to be famous because your son's famous you know <laughs> will they question her intentions that way yeah yeah are they gonna say you're here for the wrong reasons <sighs> yeah. that's a great question i really don't know i i really i don't know what their goal is with this show i don't know if their goal is to elicit drama if they want to they can you know, the producers can certainly ask leading questions that are triggering for the people there and they can scratch insecurities or, or are they going to lean more wholesome or, and, and, and have it be endearing. So I think that'll, that'll, I have no idea. How what, is, is Matt James's mother's age public knowledge? I only ask because I wanted my mother on this show so bad. And they said she, she's like 63 and they said she's too young. They wanted like older. Your mom is 63? Yeah. Yes. I, know. I can't believe it. Now, obviously, 63 is not too young. Most of the women in the age range are from 60 to 75. Stunning. She's, I believe I it's she's crazy. 69 or 70. Okay, I guess. Yeah, they gonna... really. Oh, they have. Okay, but I'm seeing there's a cast member named Anna who's 61. 
So, Uh-oh. Anna. Who do you have to yell at? I feel like I have to yell at someone who's no longer there anymore, and that feels like it won't even do anything. This was like a couple years ago where you brought it up. Yeah, when it was just, when they started doing the promos. Yeah, they've been they fishing were just like, for a while. They were going to do the show. They were casting for it. And I was like, I'm my mom. so glad your mom's not on it. I also am, too, yeah. Me, I feel like. Even just looking yeah. at the names, it makes me excited because it's like Joan, Jeannie, Edith. Like, you know how it's always there's like seven Olivia's or something. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I want seven Phyllis's. Like, I want Phyllis M and Phyllis P. <laughs> it's like a Dorothy and a Diane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So there it is. So uh, Natalie's mom, not invited. But hey, th- th- all I have to say is if this show is going to be as popular as I think it will be, everybody's going to want their single parent to get on this show everybody uh we're seeing people posting matt james and rachel kirkconnell actually posted congratulating matt's mom patty for going on the show uh we did make a spoiler video i'm not going to share that spoiler here but we do have a spoiler video for you guys available over on the youtube channel of the top two contestants it seems like uh gary turner is going to be on his final uh date night in costa rica today so good luck to gary figuring out who you want to be with uh, because, you know, relationships can be tough and when they don't work out, it is not a good thing. Kevin Costner is in the news. He said, Christine, I guess that's his ex, has committed relentless jihad in divorce. Now, let me tell you something. It's not a good divorce unless you're not committing relentless jihad. You know, maybe you went through a happy divorce where you just had partial jihad, but when it's relentless jihad, you know it's good. And in a world where we have millionaires fighting over millions of dollars. We love these articles. But let me tell you something. Kevin Costner, you might be a little stressed out about your wife committing or ex-wife committing relentless jihad in your divorce. May I offer you an edible? Today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Feeling anxiety because your ex-wife is committing relentless jihad in a divorce? Well, let me tell you right now, a three milligram dose of microdosing might be the trick for you. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, Go to microdose.com and use code rush hour to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And we know Kevin Costner is going to need that 30% discount because of this relentless jihad being committed. Kevin Costner has come out swinging in his divorce from Christine Baumgardner, claiming she has become so unreasonable she has estranged in a relentless jihad against him. And he threw in that her boyfriend gave her thousands in cash. Costner is in court right now, along with Christine, fighting it out over how much child support he must pay her. The actor claims Christine is bubbling over with animosity, accusing him of being a cheapskate, when in fact he has shelled out way more than a million dollars since she filed for divorce. The most interesting nugget in the docs, Kevin says Christine has been deceptive in terms of how much money she has, referencing $20,000 her boyfriend recently gave her. The docs don't identify the boyfriend, but sources familiar with the case say Kevin believes the man is Josh Connor, one of Kevin's good friends who recently took a trip to Hawaii with Christine. And, oh, it sounds like they all need edibles here. This is relentless jihad. When you Listen, I don't know much about relentless jihad, but I know when you start dating the guy's um, ex, uh, the guy's uh, friend, you have committed relentless jihad. But again, who knows what her side of the story is. And that's today's featured micro dose of drama. 
And in today's featured story, you can catch the full version on YouTube. We've got Josh Sider. He's been in the news all week long in the Bachelor world. He was a night one guy from Caitlin Bristow season of The Bachelorette, and he had um, there was a someone hacked into his Instagram and uh, a couple days ago, and there was a death statement. So uh, it uh, was a statement that was supposedly made from his family saying he had passed away. Well, uh, 20 hours later, he came out and said it's a hoax. Someone hacked into my account. Well, his ex girlfriend his recent ex of this month said he's lying and he's going to get away with it and then tmz cross-examined him as we know the founder of tmz harvey uh levin whatever his name is he was a former lawyer so he cross-examines josh on air about whether or not like the specifics of it all i've got the full clip for you right now have a listen Josh Sider's baffled ex, Monica Beverly Hills, claims Bachelorette alum faked his death. Now, we already know he posted this uh, video uh, the other day with his comments turned off saying, I am alive, real quick. As you can see, um, I am alive and well. But he posted that 20 hours after the statement. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, uh, innocent until proven guilty, uh, because, you know, if you're locked out of your Instagram account, and how could you alert people uh, by other means that you're safe? Well, he... Uh, that that uh, that idea is dismantled by his ex, who says, you could have just texted me, you could have called me, you had my phone number, you could have let any number of people know that you were actually alive. This isn't like so-and-so, uh, you know, missed a trip to... No, it's like your death statement was going viral internationally. People were sharing, reaching out for support, mourning, and all these different things. The least you could have done is reached out to somebody. And he says, well, that wasn't even where my mind was at. So uh, Josh Sider's ex, Monica Beverly Hills, claims the Bachelorette alum faked his own death. She said, I'm baffled. I'm angry, the RuPaul's Drag Race star told Entertainment Weekly in a Q&A published Tuesday. Now, I'm not going to read the full Q&A because there was, it was a long one. They asked her a lot of questions. Josh Sider, 36, for his part, denied such speculation in a statement to the outlet. Uh, so Monica doesn't believe that his account was hacked. He said, I'm ha she said, I'm happy he's alive. I'm happy he's here. But this is so infuriating to me. Those are all ridiculous accusations made up by somebody with nothing better to do with their time, said jo Josh over an email. So she's claiming that he has perpetuated hoaxes in the past, that he's planted news stories and all these different things. And then uh, now Josh is saying, that's ridiculous. Uh, this person just is out for attention, even though she's saying, no, you're out for attention. So uh, he, that, those are the claims. Uh, as a mental health advocate, issues of suicide are very sensitive for me. To suggest that I would orchestrate a death post around that issue is sickening. Which, by the way, is the perfect response. Although there are a lot of people, I mean, just about everyone in the different, and again, just because everyone's thinking this doesn't mean it's true. There is no evidence to, uh, there's no evidence to suggest he might be, um, have perpetuated this hoax. But at the same time, like I said before, if I was Instagram, I would be looking into all the different IP addresses that logged into his account. I mean, wouldn't it be nice for the tech people to say, actually, your account wasn't hacked. He's accusing Instagram of ha running a poor website, which they do. Um, but if they wanted to, they could probably look into it and, pr and say, no, 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 you weren't hacked. Or if 
he was hacked, they could say, yes, this IP address and, I don't know, New Brunswick hacked you and you, you did comment and try to get your account restored. But some people are saying it takes so long for them to get their account restored. So how was he able to restore it within 20 hours? Well, we did see Lil Tay who is a far bigger celebrity, but we did see Lil Tay get their account hacked in one way or another and restored within a day or so. So according to Monica, she and Josh have known each other since 2013 when the former worked the club circuit as a drag performer and the latter worked as a go-go dancer. I would put heart faces on his stuff. He'd put heart faces on my stuff, adding the two reconnected this month and quickly fell into a full-blown relationship, which they made Instagram official. It wasn't until I posted the first picture that everybody was blowing me up like girl run he's a clout chaser and we'd laugh about it like people are calling you a clout chaser so when i'd hear comments i would ask him monica then claimed that josh told her he'd tell me that he would plant stories on his own so she's accusing him of planting stories on his own the two split on august 22nd so they were only together for a month but they did know each other he was up down inside out and that's why when i heard that he passed away i didn't want to believe it but in a sense i'm like he's not really all up there he's not and i sensed that speaking with entertainment Weekly, she went on to question why there is no repercussion for Josh if he did, in fact, perpetuate false news of his own passing. Now he has his Instagram back, so now he's going to go back to what he's doing, and nobody's going to hold Josh accountable because what? He's a white, cisgendered man. It really does bother me because trans women of color, people I know personally, are being attacked and murdered, and nobody's giving them the airtime they need. But Josh comes along, and he's in the news. He's everywhere. Josh posted a video on Instagram Tuesday afternoon claiming that a hacker was playing a cruel joke and mocking his mental illness. So if Josh... If this is true, that his account was hacked and all of that, it's really tragic that he has to also defend himself. But it's not adding up for a lot of people, including those that are close to him. This isn't some random commenter. This is someone that was dating him a week before this happened. I'm sorry for all the pain they caused when they made that post. I just got back into my account, he said. I'm going to do... So we already shared all of that. Let's go to what he says on TMZ. Because they were... No... TMZ reported his death, so it makes them look uncredible when they have to retract their initial post. So let's hope that they cross-examine him in a you know sort of uh, decent way here. You gotten to the bottom of any of this? How that happened? Why you were locked out? No, I haven't. I have. I don't have an official team. I'm just a lowly mental health advocate, so I don't have like a official PR team or team of experts that know how to handle this kind of a thing. And I'm not technologically savvy. Um, so I haven't really gotten any answers. Um, I was locked out of my account for about 18 hours um, and I wasn't able to get access. And then yesterday I was, and as soon as I was, I was able to get in and take back control of the account. If somebody said that to me, if this happened to me, and somebody had hacked into my account and said I was dead, and then everybody starts writing the story, I, you know, it's surprising that in some way that it wasn't cleared up by you or your family for 18 full hours that these stories were out there, and even though you couldn't get into the Instagram account, you know, we had other, ways to, other right. ways to get the story out. Yeah, again, I just go back to my earlier... By the way, if he really did want to perpetuate this hoax, if he really did 
do do this fake death statement. He maybe do it right before you're about to go on a long distance flight. Like have an alibi and have a reason why you couldn't access the internet to update people. When in fact he could have reached out to any number of people. I mean, if my account was hacked, the first thing I would do is is text twenty of my friends and say, hey, everybody post and tag me and let the whole internet know that I'm not dead. You know what I mean? Like you could quickly, you know, tell Tasha, post whatever. You could you could call your parents, get that phone tree going, and probably within an hour you could shut that down. Your point that I don't, I'm not a celebrity, at least in my mind. I'm not famous. I don't have a team that puts out statements or, you know, knows how to do stuff like that. I just, I was at home. I wasn't able to get into my account. I was working desperately and dealing with a thousand things, people messaging me, people calling me. I would imagine that there are people who are shocked, who we called you, we we called. Uh, I know that we called you, your phone uh, sounded like it was off, that it went straight to voicemail. So TMZ is doing a great job without accusing him of being a liar. They're saying, we called you, you didn't answer our phone calls, we're TMZ. I mean, clearly he's answering their phone calls now to do this interview. Very interesting. Um, And we left a message. And then, but just aside from the media trying to reach you, but I'm sure that you had loved ones who were reaching out to you. What was Monday like for you? Monday was a lot of long conversations with um, close family members, um, talking to people that are friends that also help me with stuff. Um, if, if I need assistance, trying to get their expertise as, as well as with a family member who's kind of well-versed in computers and tech and all of that to try to get to the bottom of it. So my priority was getting back into my Instagram account, which I didn't know when that would happen. Um, but working on that is my number one priority. Um, and then dealing with the stress of it all, it was just overwhelming. And um, I know there's a lot of people that are Monday morning quarterbacking on what I should have done, how they would have handled it. But I don't think anyone knows how they would have handled something like that. And- so he's still framing it in a way with his innocence, saying other people don't are saying what they would have done. And the real thought is, it's not that people People are saying what they would have done so much as they're saying you lied about this. Um, but without, without, like I said, without Instagram or any of the apps really uh, exposing him, it's gonna, it's we're not uh, without any confession. I don't think anyone's gonna really get down to the truth here until it happens to them. And look, I'm not trying to dog you on this. It, it, it's just the puzzling part for us. You know, I'll kind of let you in on our process here because I know we had left and we had called you, um, and you eventually called back we called yesterday. Back yesterday, yeah. Um, but- and by the way, TMZ is pretty good with their reports. They reported Kobe Bryant, his death way before other people. I mean, they don't get this wrong often. They got little Tay wrong and they got this wrong because these were Instagram statements. Who in the past has been hacked with an Instagram statement? That just doesn't happen often. We had also with a death statement. So called some family members um, because we wanted to, you know, confirm what, what we had seen, and they would not tell us that. And and we were basically saying, look, there's a post saying he's dead, and they said we're not going to comment on it, which was or weird hung, to or us. Hung up, if, if, or just hung up. Or hung right. up. Right. If, if because it would be so easy for them to say, no, no, we we talked to him, he's alive. It was a, a hacked account or something like that. 
again, my family's fractured, so we're estranged. Um, there's a lot of family dynamics and balkanization going on within the nuclear and extended family in my house, so I'm not sure who you... His family's balkanized, folks. ...tried contacting, but just because you guys called them doesn't mean that they were going to answer it. So I make no apologies for it. I know I'm going to have haters and detractors that don't like how I handled it. I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. I guess I could have, you know, done something besides getting on Instagram to try to prove that I was alive, but I haven't had experience with this and I did the best I could. And I'm sorry for everyone that was hurt by this person. Um, I'm a victim and they're victims also. And it's sad that there was tributes going up. Um, but I'm not to blame for that. Um, I'm a victim too. So that's what I would say. All right. Sticking to it. And then he has this statement he made, of course, responding to the, um, ex of his. And again, it's kind of hard to read here. Uh, there is someone out there giving a lot of interviews about me claiming to be my ex. For the record, I hung out with him a total of three times my entire life. I'm sure they're a lovely person, but I just don't know them like that. As they say, attention, attractions, attention, attractions, attraction, attention. And some people will do anything for a little bit of fame. Don't believe everything you read. Uh, okay, but I mean, they did claim that they were Instagram official. He then says, I deserve the benefit of the doubt. In the last two days, I've received more death threats than I can count. This is ridiculous. Do better. So that's the wild story. Now, look, I don't think we're going to get any answers. I don't think any, there's going to be any confessions or anything. But just about everybody who's seen this story says this doesn't pass the sniff test. I'd love to know what you guys think. And thank you in advance for everybody who has written nice reviews on the podcast. We keep climbing in the charts. It's super competitive out there, but you guys have really made the podcast a, you've given it a life of its own. I always said, if we can only make X amount of money to keep it afloat, we'll do it. Well, we have far surpassed that 10 X that level. And then the YouTube, we had a milestone yesterday as well with 70,000 subscribers for a loyal army. And that's what y'all are. I thank you all so much. You have proven that a niche following that is loyal uh beats out any large i mean i have friends with millions of tiktok followers and i'm telling you right now there's more equity and bandwidth between our connection your loyalty and all of that than some of these giant accounts you guys prove it over and over again so i thank you each and individual one of you for making this podcast so successful for sharing it with your friends and all of that. Now, look, I've been floating the idea around on my Patreon about hiring someone to do graphic design or, oh man, this is going to open a can of worms. I'm going to get a lot of submissions now. But if there's anyone out there who is a rock star with editing and thinks you could take my YouTube channel and maybe make content for social media as far as TikTok, Instagram reels go, send me a DM. But it's again, it's got to be something you're already a pro at. And again, you would be, uh, it's obviously a paid job but i'm just floating this out there if there's anyone out there who is a rock star with their social media who can um you know ta- take over my youtube rip together some of the things i've got going on and maybe we'll make a separate instagram and tiktok account that's just bachelor news maybe maybe there's some a job out there for somebody let me know find a way to get in touch with me on instagram and um, again, it would only be, I'm, I'm only hiring rock stars. So if there's someone that is really good at this, 
Um, maybe you're out there, so come find me. All right, folks. Well, that's going to be it for me. We will be back tomorrow to wrap up a wild week, and I mean a wild week here in the Bachelor world. So until then, I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Ah!